Hello, Fiddle and Pipe peeps. This is The Pipe Speaking, aka it's Catherine, and I have a few announcements to make before we get into today's episode. So, here we go. First off, if you like listening to Brittany and I talk and you can't get enough of it, well, you're in luck because we have an extra podcast on our Patreon page. Hop on to patreon.com slash fiddleandpipe where you'll access Fiddle and Pipe happy hour and outtakes bonus content from episodes that we don't put on our regular stream. This is all for $5 a month. It's like buying a latte a pumpkin spice latte, so definitely worth your trip, and you get a whole chunk of episodes of Fiddle and Pipe Happy Hour, not just one, not just two, not just three, a whole chunk, and we're going to create more of a chunky stew with this Patreon page, so go check it out. You will not be disappointed. If you like our podcast, but you're tight on cash, that is no problem because you have many other ways to support us. First off, if you're on Apple Podcasts, and we know you're on Apple Podcasts, because we look at the numbers, then you can give us a five-star rating and a fantabulous or simple sentence review about our podcast. Share it to your friends, your family, your pets, anybody. Just spread the love. Once you're done with that review, you can hop on to our socials. We are at Phil and Pipe on Instagram, and our personal pages are at Cat Flinch Flute and at BM Ross Music. That's a lot of vats. But if you're not into Instagram and you're more of a Fabo person, that's no problem. We have Fiddle and Pipe Forum, an open Facebook group where you can hop on, join, and look at all the weird Twilight memes that I have found because that's what I've been doing for the last two weeks. So go check out our socials. Give us a fantabulous rating and review and check out our Patreon. It's going to be a good time. All of these links will be in the description for today's episode. And other than that, let's get into it. Surprise. It's Brittany, the fiddle. Just wanted to add a huge thank you to Lauren and Rainer for supporting us on Patreon. If y'all join our Patreon, then we will also shout your names out at the beginning of each episode. Now, for the real episode, right here. Hi, I'm Brittany Ross, and I play the fiddle. I'm Catherine Blinchin, and I play the pipe. And together, we are Fiddle and Pipe. Two classical musicians who are reading and discussing topics beyond the staff. So grab a book, take a seat, and tune in. All right, Twilight. (laughs) It's a book that we're reading. Yeah. So I've been rewatching the movies. I'm right now. I'm on Breaking Dawn Part Two, aka Matt Richards' favorite movie. Or one of his favorite movie premieres that he went to. <laughs> <laughs> On the date that wasn't a date. Yeah. God, that's so awkward. I feel so bad. I know. But, you know, Breaking Dawn Part 2. Some memories right there. <laughs> I haven't watched any of the movies in 8 to 10 years. So it's definitely been a hot minute. Yeah. I mean, it's been a hot minute for me, too. I think the last time I... I mean... When I was watching clips last night, I was sitting there and thinking, wow, I haven't seen this since I actually went to the premiere. Because <laughs> I did go to the premiere of that movie, believe it or not. Really? I did, yeah. I wasn't really impressed. <laughs> I think that's why I never watched it again. <laughs> but I mean, at least in New Moon, like things happen in that one, but... It, with the Eclipse, I was just, like, sitting there, and I was thinking, okay, what happens? Oh, yeah, there's, like, a vampire war. <laughs> that That's, like, at the last, like, ten minutes of the film, and I'm Spoiler alert. <laughs> a lot of it is, like, a love triangle between Edward, Jacob, and Bella, but it's fine because we get to see Taylor Lautner with his shirt off, like, 98% of the time, so I'm, I'm, I'm pleased. This whole section is just, like, spoiler alert. Okay, if we watch Twilight... You need to focus. Which we need to do okay. for one of the Patreon episodes, for sure. Yeah. Like, I w- I'm telling you, I mean, as the films progress, it gets a little bit better with camera cinematography and things like that. But Twilight, I when I was watching it, I was sitting there and I was like, the camera angles, man, are very diagonal. <laughs> like, they're straight and then, like, diagonal and straight again and diagonal. And I'm like... What's going on? What on this ride? It's pretty more, It's and it's more normal as you get further into the series. 
But some of the effects and the, the staring and, yeah. I like the book a little bit more than I do the movie. <laughs> I'm put it out Catherine's there. hot take. <sighs> you know, yeah. We don't even see Taylor Lautner with a shirt off, so I'm going to give Twilight... Maybe we should do this for a Patreon episode. I thought we already decided it, but you're like, you're, you're really Twilight diving films. into it. I'm going to put Twilight at a very low score just because I was, it's the cinematography and some of the acting. Like, I'm sorry, people that really love this movie, but New Moon was better. New Moon, I Are mean, we talking was about the movies for this episode? Did I do the wrong prep work? I am just, like, into the movies right now, but no, we are talking about the book, and we are talking about chapters 19, 20, uh, chapter 21, and chapter 22. So, we got a lot of chunkiness happening here, like like a chunky soup. This is when the momentum of the book really kicks off, and I was reading, Finally. I was reading it, and I remember being like, Stephanie, why, why wasn't this momentum included more in the first, you know, two-thirds of the book. Yes! Yes! Right! There, you you can do so much with this, Stephanie. You could take all this action and make it longer, make it more suspenseful, put a little bit more juice in it. Like, we didn't need two whole pages of them going dress shopping. <laughs> Unnecessary. Unnecessary. Oh my god, you're glitching so bad. I miss recording in person so much. Aw, I'm so sorry. I hate you, internet. So. Anyway. We're doing stupid virtual recording because Catherine has to live on the other effing side of the country. I live in the center of the country. It ain't the other side. Colorado is not the center of the country. Kansas is the center of the country. Colorado's right next to Kansas. Have you ever looked at a map? No. <laughs> Haven't we been over this? I'm basically map illiterate. Brittany, this is basic geography that you should have learned when you were in kindergarten. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know anything west of the Mississippi. I know that California is over there. Well, think about the song. Alabama, Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas, That just lists California, the states. I know Colorado. the states. I just don't know where they are. <laughs> Well, all the squ- them out of damn all the square states look the same to me. How am I supposed to know which one's which? There's only two. There are so many. There's like the four that touch each other, which is like Utah, um, there you go. New Mexico, yeah, Arizona. Oh my god! You better get this last one. I'm not telling you what it is. Is it Colorado? Oh, thank God! <laughs> and then next to Cal. Next to Colorado, I guess you have Kansas, and then you have the Dakotas are north, right? Yes, there you go. Good job. And then you have Washington, and then you have something in between Washington and the Dakotas. Uh, Washington, yeah, like is west-west. And then you have Washington, and then I think you have something else, and then there's California, and then there's Mexico. Oh my god. And then if you go farther east... There's I'm a lot of give states. You a map. Nevada I'm give you a blank is map. somewhere <laughs> out west. You better, David. I know you're listening. This is what you need to do because I know you're going to do this. Um, you need to give Brittany a map with like like what ki- they give kids in first grade. A, a very you, colorful you need to map. Get her to fill it, yeah, get her to like fill out what state is which, and then maybe she can color it in if she wants. And see what she put. <laughs> and please, if you just want to share that on the Facebook group. Wait, David, if you print out a blank U.S. map for me and make sure that the states are not separated, I will draw out where the states end and what state is where. And we will put it on our Facebook page and our Instagram yes. page and we will see what Bernie's perception of the U.S. is. Yes, we will do. <laughs> so, Twilight, something I do know because I read it. Because I can read books. <laughs> so, chapter 19, goodbyes. So, we start out with Bella, Edward, Emmett, and Alice arriving at Bella's house. <clears throat> this- oh, yeah. And <clears throat> basically, they're faking this fight because we need to figure out some kind of fake plot so Charlie doesn't go 
finding the FBI or something like that to look for Bella. Yeah, because Edward was basically planning on taking Bella and disappearing with her. But Bella was like, hey, that's stupid because Charlie's going to know I was last with you and he's literally going to hunt you down and I'm going to be missing person. It's going to be a whole ordeal. I think that's good because it's smart and also it makes me happy that she, you know, is finally using her brain. Charlie using her brain, using her brain, but also she has feelings for Charlie. Oh, cute. Aw, so cute. Anyway. So this whole thing is just, it's rough. Bella storms and. Well, before we get into Bella going into the house, the one thing that I really like is Edward basically tells Emmett and Alice, he says, 15 minutes. And they, like, slither soundlessly into the woods. And she has 15 minutes to get in the house, get all her shit, and leave. Basically. So Bella storms inside, yelling that she broke up with Edward and that she's going back to Phoenix. She locks herself in a room, and her and Edward pack for her to run away. Before she walks into the house, she looks at Edward and she says, don't believe everything I say. Yeah, and then she's like, I hate you, Edward, and storms inside. I imagine, like, her stamping through the house, closing shit. Girl, do you really think he's going to leave you? (laughs) He stalks you and watches you in your sleep. I don't think he's going away. (laughs) I mean, I guess at least, in a way, Bella is more emotionally mature than Edward is. Because yeah. she's, you know, even though this is obviously very stressful, very traumatic, she's still considering how he would feel hearing these things, even though they're not true. Yeah, exactly. So Bella says that she doesn't want to set any more roots and become trapped in forks like her mom. And uh, even though her goal is to push Charlie away, it's still so rough. It's hurtful, because I think she can tell... I'm going to be hurting his feelings and putting him back in this place of sadness before I move to Forks. Mm-hmm. I put a note on that paragraph and the reason... <laughs> Hi, Valkyrie. The reason why is because the section in the middle, it says, Just let me go, Charlie. I repeated my mother's last words as she walked out the same door so many years ago. I said them as angrily as I could manage and I threw the door open. It didn't work out, okay? I really, really hate Forks. So the fact that she's throwing her mom's words and charlie's faces is like oof that's yeah so rough heart breaks for charlie i have a soft spot for him he's just the you know he's the sheriff of the town he just lives a quiet life by himself in the rain he lost his wife lost his kid basically eh, finally yeah. has his kid back for a second and then she goes and does all this shit she's like bye that bitch I'm gonna run away. Before Bella says this really incredibly hurtful thing, Charlie asks her not to leave, and he says that Renee will be back home in a week because it's not looking like Phil will get signed. And I... Is this the first time that her mom is called by her name in the book? I'm pretty sure that her mom's name was mentioned sometime earlier in the book. I mean, if you are super knowledgeable about Twilight and you know the ins and outs of this book, the crevices... Spine. Nope, it's the it's definitely in the beginning. Creases. I I literally yeah. just flipped to a page in the beginning and it it is. Um I just I actually can't read books. I can't read books and I can't read maps and I'm a fraud and I should not be making this podcast. It oh was Oh my god, Brittany. It's really nice making this podcast with you, Catherine. Where is Washington? I've the north east west. Northwest. West. West. <laughs> It's W, W as in Wumbo, Wombology Spongebob, the study of Wumbo, he, she, me, Wumbo. We've been talking a lot about Spongebob in the <laughs> Spongebob is the bee's knees. So Bella gets back in the car with the vampires after just really pushing Charlie away, and the tracker is following them. I like how Edward... American Ninja Warriors himself inside the car, how he moves Bella out of the seat. Basically, she kind of described it like he just kind of snuck himself in there and I was in the next seat all of a sudden. <laughs> Something like that in the book. But when I was watching into the movie, I just kept looking at it and I'm like, what the f-? Like he just like sneaks in, car mid drive, 
He's just like, okay, I'm getting in the driver's seat now, and you're over there. <laughs> it's like, okay, Edward, this is fine. Yeah. Edward basically says that it's Bella's fault that James wants to kill her because she smells so good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Which, guess what, Bella? You have a tracker uh, following you, and it's all your fault. Yeah, I, doing this. I, so I think this is really stupid. This might be a stretch, but this is literally a parallel to putting men's thoughts and feelings as a woman's responsibility. <sighs> you know, that it's yeah. it's our responsibility to make sure we're not dressed a certain way, to make sure we don't arouse men. Shit like that. So, like, oh, Bella, you smell too good. Like, you were asking for this. It's like, oh, what was that bitch wearing? You know? This was in the previous, like, few chapters that we were talking about when the vampires show up. What Edward does before they show up is he puts her hair down just out and the wind blows and it's like what do you freaking expect dude if you really wanted to hide her scent maybe put her hair up inside the baseball cap or something or like honestly just cover her in axe body spray all of the seventh graders i know who are boys do it and it's great because they also don't know hygiene so they are stinky seventh grade boys and then that mixes with the axe body spray and it's honestly great it makes orchestra rooms just smell like ass Sponsored by Axe Body Spray. Okay. <laughs> but he also says that uh, he made Bella more appealing by defending her because now it's a challenge. So Edward's basically like, it's your fault, but it's also thanks to me. It's like, thanks, Edward. This was not even remotely helpful. And then he says that they basically have to kill James. Yeah. And apparently the only way to kill a vampire is to, quote, tear him or tear him to shreds and then burn the pieces. Tear them and burn them. It's <laughs> my song. And he says that the woman will fight with him. So I guess that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> because they love each other. They drive to the um the Collins house and they explain to Laurent or Laurent or however you pronounce it. And he basically says that James can't be stopped and that James is the ringleader of their group. And he basically just dips out. He's like, I'm not going to fight y'all to defend James, but I'm also not going to go against him because I know he's super strong. So bye. Yeah, he literally just runs away. Yeah, he like yeets it out of there so fast. (laughs) What I really like beforehand is when they get to the house before like they notice Laurent's there. I love how sassy Rosalie is to Bella. (laughs) Yeah. I have this little snippet that I scanned, and it said, Alice danced to Jasper's side and whispered in his ear. Her lips quivered with the speed of her silent speech. They flew up the stairs together. Rosalie watched them and then moved quickly to Emmett's side. Her beautiful eyes were intense. And when they flickered unwillingly to my face, furious. Bitch. (laughs) She's angry at Bella that they're in this situation. But yeah, Rosalie is sassy, and she even refused to put on Bella's clothes to, like, distract James's, like, tracking. His, like, scent, super yeah, she's smell. Like, no, why? Why should I even help her? She's a human, and I'm a vampire. So Bella switches <laughs> clothes with Esme, mm-hmm. and the grand plan is for Jasper and Alice to escort Bella south. Esme and Rosalie will take Bella's truck to distract the woman and Edward and Carlisle will hunt uh, James with the jeep. So they basically have this Avengers assemble plan and Mm. they're... Cullen's assemble. (laughs) Cullen's assemble! (laughs) I feel like this plan is not is not that foolproof. (laughs) Are you saying that because you finished the book? I don't know. I You would expect maybe, like, okay, this is a big group of people. Mm-hmm. They could be splitting up in smaller groups, not just two. It also seems like it's too easy. I feel like it doesn't take two vampires to escort Bella. Yeah, and they're, why? where are they? Are they, like, they could be sitting outside their house and seeing, like, who's getting in what vehicle and who's leaving at what time. Well, actually, to answer that hypothesis or that worry alice looks to the future and to see if their plan is going to be successful and she says that the woman will follow the truck and that alice jasper and bella will leave after everyone else leaves yeah never mind 
that makes sense. Yeah, so Edward kisses Bella, and then they do a go team go, and they break. (laughs) Go team go! Yeah. What I really like at the end of the chapter is when Alice is checking to see if the coast is clear for them to leave. Uh, Jasper goes up to Bella and says, you're wrong. I can feel what you're feeling now, and you are worth it, which kind of just puts in a plain sight that, you know, the reason why they're doing this is because they don't want Edward to be alone. Yeah. (laughs) They're like, we got to protect Bella that way. You know, Edward can have his mate and he won't be the 10th wheel. Edward's going to be hacking sad if something happens to you. (laughs) I just thought that was sweet because it kind of made Bella feel, okay, this is why they're really doing it. And I feel more validated as opposed to more like a burden and they're doing this because they feel obligated to. Yeah. She's kind of like me. How I feel if someone does something nice to me, I'm just like, I don't feel like I deserve this. Or it's like whenever I offer to edit something for the podcast or do anything for the podcast, Catherine's like, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you, are you sure? And I'm like, if you if ask. you keep asking me, like, by the same time you ask me, I'm like, no, I'm not sure you do it. You should just be like, shut well, up. Well, I think I've started telling you if you ask me one more time, you're going to do it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> anyway, chapter 20. Yeah, chapter 20, Impatience. <laughs> so Bella wakes up in a mysterious hotel in Phoenix near the airport with Alice and Jasper. I would take full advantage of the room service and the space. Yeah, I would just be like, you know what? Mini staycation. I yes. can do that. I mean, I would love to order room service, but what dissuades me from it is how effing expensive it is. Oh, I know. So if money wasn't an issue, which I guess it's not... It's not in this book. No, and I would totally just be like, you know what? I'm fine. I'll just read a book. I'll play my Switch. I'll just hang, eat some food, get fat. I love the life. I would be really good in witness protection, I think. Yeah, I think you would be. I'll sign up for witness protection. (laughs) Yeah. I don't even need anything to happen to me. Just relocate me and Mm -hmm. pay for all my stuff. Yeah, I just want to eat. <laughs> I just, I would just like some food, please. Mm-hmm. Me too. Join our Patreon so we can eat food. <laughs> so th- they're hanging until Car. Car. Oh my God. Whenever I Car look Izzle. at his name, whenever I look at his name, I stroke out. He's. Ha- they're hanging out until Carlisle calls, and I was interested in seeing how far away Phoenix is from Forks. Because, hi, Bartok, don't walk across my computer, please. Because I was, you know, thinking with my obvious knowledge of the geographical locations of everywhere in the U.S. And I was thinking, they're both on the West Coast. Arizona is only like a state or two south. It can't be that far. I Google Maps it and Phoenix is 25 hours from Forks. Yeah. It is 1,500 and... 79 miles it could be like a two-day trip yeah even if they were you know being vampires and not stopping to sleep or eat well i guess they'd have to for bella but it would have taken them at least two days to get down south so Mm -hmm. stephanie kind of glazes over you know them driving for two days which stephanie you could have glazed over some stuff in the earlier part of the book but i guess that's fine I'm a little bit more interested in the hot pursuit migrating south, but, you know, beggars can't be choosers. Nope. Nope. So I didn't know how far away Phoenix was. It's pretty far. I know that I've taken a flight from Phoenix to Portland, and it's been, I know that it was at least a two-hour flight, if I'm remembering correctly, so. That's crazy. Bella, even though they're literally trying to hide her from someone who wants to kill her, she's more worried that something bad happened to Edward. And also, I like how she is basically being really observant of how Jasper and Alice, basically like how they are as vampires. They don't blink, which Mm -hmm. scares the living crap out of me. Uh, Yeah, not comfortable with that. They're just sitting there still, like they don't have to pretend to breathe. (laughs) (laughs) And they're just staring at the TV and Bella's just watching them. I wish that they had a scene like that in the movie where they're just sitting there staring at the TV. Uh, Yeah, I mean, that would be really off-putting to me. I'd be like, am I just hanging out with corpses? 
Which I guess is like their whole, the whole thing. That is the general thing. Basically, Bella's freaking out because she doesn't know like what's going on. They haven't really gotten any word. Mm -hmm. And I like how Alice just finally does like a mic drop and she says, do you think any of us want to look into his eyes for the next hundred years if he loses you? Yeah. Because Bella's like, oh, what was me? What if something bad happens to Edward? Y'all should just, you know, cast me aside so y'all don't have to deal with this. She's like, shut up. <laughs> we have a plan. Alice also says that the plan is for Carlisle to lead James North. And mm-hmm. I guess at some point he'll turn around and ambush him. Esme and Rosalie will lead the woman west. Which I, okay, so again, I'm not good at maps. But I know that Washington is on the coast of the Pacific Ocean. Yeah, they're basically making them her swim. Is that <laughs> is that what they're doing? Because I again I don't know. I googled it, and from Forks to the Pacific Ocean, it's only like twenty minutes. I know. So it's like how <laughs> far west like, can you go? You have ocean, and then across the lake, right? You know that little lake is like Japan. And- <laughs> South Korea and Russia and China and North Korea. But I was like, didn't it make more Having sense that latitude. for them to go east? Because there's more land and more space for her to go and that would get her farther away. And Maybe they just felt like swimming. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. What do we do? We swim. Swim. But they took a they took a, a pickup truck. They didn't take like a, a all-terrain <laughs> water hoverboard kind of vehicle maybe they hopped onto a cargo ship and just (laughs) i don't know i don't have these i just thought it was weird i just thought it was weird plot holes yeah plot holes stephanie plot holes anyway so bella asks Um, alice how to become a vampire because i guess this seems like the appropriate time to ask oh and i thought this was really cool because i i really again stephanie could have done so much more better detail more better like vampires and (laughs) much better much better with details and like these vampire background origins like i would prefer reading something about that she could literally insert a whole vampire origin story right here right and i liked alice's story because it's kind of mysterious she doesn't remember like who she was before she turned what who turned her what happened Mm -hmm. That's cool to me because it makes me think, okay, well, if she, I, I think I said this before in the past, you know, she has this extra power of seeing the future. Is it because she doesn't, with her seeing the future as her special power, did she just forget her past because she gained something that, you know, yeah, is pretty cool. Alice is obviously super hesitant when Bella asks her because she's like, oh, Edward wanted to prove, but... Alice is like, uh, whatever, and it says that they're super predators. They have super strength, speed, senses, etc. And they, Catherine, I thought you'd be really interested in this. They attract people to them because they're pretty. <laughs> Tell me I'm pretty. <laughs> they're, she basically says that they are uh, like carnivorous plants. And I was like, yeah, we've been talking about this the whole time. You're a carnivorous plant. She says that they're venomous. Which is like, okay. But she doesn't elaborate, like, the science behind how this is a thing. And it's it's more like they just have this blood toxin that spreads, spreads throughout the bloodstream and makes, makes their prey in too much pain to escape. Which is amazing that they don't know since they live with a doctor. The doctor could literally spend... Like, what are you doing, Carlyla? I get that you're saving people's lives, but... Don't you want to know a little bit about what's going on in the vampire body? Because, you know, it's your body. And don't you want to see what... What's going on around there? think about this? And what are they doing all day long? I know they're not cooking food. What are they doing all day? Can't they have every single day to live? Can't you just look this up yourselves and figure it out? Do you play some dissection amongst one's... Like... I've heard in... Play science class? I don't know. I've heard in some other vampire myths that and not that vampires are venomous per se but that they do have a sort of toxin that immobilizes people sometimes but her use of the word venomous kind of struck me Mm. because normally when you think of venom you think of 
like a rattlesnake or like a brown recluse or something that's going to kill you. Not something that's going to... Well, technically the venom does kill you. Mm -hmm. And you die. Like your mortal, like your human self dies if you are bitten by like a vampire and they don't suck your blood completely to where you actually die. Yeah. So a part of you technically does die. Um, Physical organs, blood running through your veins. I don't know what's running through their veins. Nothing. (laughs) Nothing. So. Well, I know that there are some spiders that, like some web, web building spiders that are venomous, but their venom is made for just immobilizing their prey so they can wrap it in their web. Yeah, um, I don't want to talk about spiders because I'm scared. <laughs> they're not gonna. PTSD. They're not gonna do it to you. Um, you don't know that, Brittany. <laughs> what do we have? Like huge spiders, like the Hobbit. I still haven't seen that one spider that was in my apartment over a month ago, and I'm still not okay. Point. Um, I hope it's dead. I hope it's gone. I hope. Just get out of my apartment, please. So on to happier things, like vampires sucking the blood out of people. Um, Alice has a vision! Yay! Yay! <laughs> oh, wait, one last thing. One last thing that's important about Alice's little blurb about vampires is she says mm. that turning people into vampires is hard because vampires basically get bloodlust, and they have mm. a hard time not completely draining people to the point that they'll just flat out die. So, yeah, they got no self-control. Yeah. They're just like, oh. Yeah, they're basically like sharks. Yeah, I like that. I put that down in my notes that they she compared them to sharks. Yeah. <laughs> Da-dum. Anyway. Okay. But you were saying about the vision. Alice has a vision, and she sees a room full of mirrors, and James is there, but she's not exactly sure, like, what this scene is, and she even draws it. <laughs> yeah. And Bella recognizes it. Yeah, she says a decision needs to be made to see more of it. And she says it means that James's plans have changed and that he'll get away from Carlisle and Edward. And immediately while she has this vision, or like after she has the vision, Edward calls and says that he lo- they lost James in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Um, really sad because Vancouver's a really nice place if you haven't visited. <laughs> also, I looked it up because apparently all I do is search for all these locations in Google Maps. And did you know that the two fastest ways that you can get from Forks to Vancouver is by ferry? Uh, I believe it. Yeah, otherwise you'd have to go, because there's, like, lakes or something there, so you'd have to go all the way around in, like, sort of a big, fat U-shape. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, so it's not, like, straight up to Canada. No, yeah, it's just because the way the layout is where Forks is, technically, like... It's, like, on, like, that jutting uh, out part of Washington. Well, it seems like James is not... Wait, did he go back to Forks? I thought he just went straight they, to Phoenix. They thought he went back to Forks. Oh, Their thought gotcha. was that he went back to Forks to start over. Gotcha. Okay. And while in Forks, Charlie is safe from mm-hmm. Victoria. And then Bella is just moody about Edward being away from her. Which yeah, is pretty, but then she- pretty accurate for a teenager, I feel like. Not really My understanding. Love. Not really understanding like the consequences of what's going on. No, she's no, just like, my boyfriend is not here. My boyfriend is trying to save my life. He is trying to save my life, and I am all alone watching my vampire friends stare into the TV and look dead. <laughs> Anyway, but she recognizes that Alice drew the ballet studio that she used to dance at as a kid, and basically she convinces, yeah, so she convinces Jasper and Alice to also contact her mom to warn her, because again, what Mm -hmm. we learned in chapter 19 is that Renee is coming back to Phoenix because of the minor league baseball career that is no more. (laughs) 
so Bella frantically takes Alice's phone and leaves a message at her mom's house warning her and asking her to call ASAP. Basically. Chapter 21. Phone call. Ring, <laughs> ring. Ding-a-ling-a-ling. Who's that knocking at my door? <laughs> <laughs> so Alice draws the room with the VCR and it turns out it's Bella's mom's house. Oh, no! So Alice calls Carlisle... And Edward is coming to get Bella, and Edward, Emmett, and Carlisle are going to take Bella somewhere to hide. That's the new plan. They want to the re- relocate somewhere to Bella's mom's house. Yeah, because that's safe and that's not obvious, but, you know. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's, like, not where he's going to be or anything, but, yeah. Yeah. Sounds yeah. like that's where you should go. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so, James ends up calling the phone, because I guess they're sharing one phone, and... Tricks Alice and Bella into thinking that it's Bella's mom. Actually, p- pretty clever. He's like, I, I, I wasn't born yesterday. Ha 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 ha. Ha ha ha. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, this chapter is actually very, very concise when you get down to the nitty gritty details. Mm-hmm. James yeah. gives her instructions for what to say. He implies that he has her mom hostage. Mm-hmm. He says that she needs to get away from the other vampires, and if he senses that she's with them, he'll hurt her mom. And he tells her to go to her mom's house and call the number that he has posted somewhere for, to basically receive future or current instruction, to receive other instructions. And so, so she tries, uh, before she ditches Alice and Jasper, she writes this note. And I like how this is the first time we see, like, what her handwriting looks like. It looks so... Bad. It it looks, I, I would say it's a mix of, like... Not chicken scratch, but it's kind of it's nice and precise and elegant with some of the <laughs> with some of the curves and everything. But mm-hmm. this is what she says. I love you. I am so sorry. He has my mom and I have to try. I know it may not work. I am so very, very sorry. Don't be angry with Alice and Jasper. If I get away from them, it will be a miracle. Tell them thank you for me. Alice especially, please. And please, please, don't come after him. That's what he wants, I think. I can't bear it if anyone has to be hurt because of me, especially me. Oh my god. Please, this is the only thing I can ask you now. For me. I love you. Forgive me. Bella, period. There's a lot of period. There are a lot of simple sentences. Like maybe it's because she's a simple so gal. She's a simple gal with simple <laughs> sentences with some neat chicken scratch handwriting that you know they don't love teach, with a vampire. They don't teach kids cursive anymore. I think you know they should learn cursive because that was the torture that I endured for many many years in class. So. Y'all kids, you kids out there, you Gen Zs, you better learn some cursive. You will never use it. It's good that you don't learn it. (laughs) Basically. So that brings us to chapter 22, Hide and Seek. That was the shortest chapter ever. (laughs) Well, no, not really. There are shorter chapters, but these chapters, there is like stuff going on, but I feel like she could have just combined it in a way. The plot points are very easy to hit. It's like a lot of filler. So... Alice sees a version, or sorry, a vision, a version. Alice sees a vision of Bella, um, and probably something about her dying, but doesn't tell Bella or Jasper. But he talk, but she tells uh, Jasper without Bella there. Mm-hmm. If you can think about it, put yourself in Bella's position. She's trying to ditch these two, and she feels like she can't really get away with it because. Jasper can feel her emotions, and Alice can tell the future, and she's just like... And she's basically stuck in a hotel with them. She doesn't have any money. Or yeah. Or you think she doesn't have any money. She's just like, what the hell am I gonna do? I'm with these super creatures. Super supervisors. So, they change locations. Um, on the way to the... They go to the airport to get Edward, because I guess we didn't say this, but... The new plan also was that Edward was flying down to Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And they were going to wait for his plane to arrive so yeah. that they can so, just book it to the next so, yeah, location. The, 
They go to the airport and Bella asks Alice how her vision seeing works and Alice says that some things aren't set in stone, uh, but she can just see people on certain paths, but they can always change depending on like the choices that they make or outside conditions, etc. So it seems like Bella literally was like, okay, I can't take any action yet because I don't want her to know what I'm about to do. Mm-hmm. But also, can't Alice, I'm just sitting there and I'm thinking, Alice, you're, you're a smart lady. <laughs> you're a smart gal. Was she, like, aren't you curious why she's asking about your powers at this moment? Well, Bella says that she basically knows that Alice has seen Bella in the room with James now. Oh, and oh yeah. She's sure that that's what Al- the vision that Alice saw at the beginning of the chapter was. And yet Alice thinks it's fine that Bella and Jasper can walk to get food. So Bella hopes to escape him at the airport. Edward's plane is landing in the biggest terminal. But I was really confused about this because... How? Why are they waiting in the terminal? They'd have to get past security, and how do you do that in a post nine eleven world? Isn't that your gate? Isn't the terminal where the terminal's you... like the gate? But people don't wait there. People wait by like baggage claim. Again, so plot how... hole, Stephanie. <laughs> yeah, that's a huge plot hole. You don't go to people's gates and wait for them. Yeah, it's a plot hole right there. That's a anyway. huge plot hole. But uh, Bella knows her way around the airport because she found out, oh, yeah, we're near the bathroom with the second exit. Yeah. Um, So she notices that Alice and Jasper don't seem suspicious of her, which is why when you said earlier, like, oh, Alice thought it was a good idea for her to go get breakfast with Jasper, Mm -hmm. they thought that Bella would be in the room because of a decision that James made and not because Bella did something devious. So they're not suspicious of Bella doing anything weird. They're thinking that James does something that ends up with her and or Bella and him being in the same room. Little did they know that Bella knows her way around bathrooms and airports and she Apparently. books it's a good skill it and runs. Yeah, really good skill to have. Just know your surroundings, Brittany, like maps and stuff. Feel but, um, out. <laughs> she basically books it because she doesn't want Alice or Jasper to super speed it. Um, mm-hmm. and catch her and she hops on a hotel shuttle and then when she gets dropped off at that wherever the shuttle went she gives a cab driver like $80 she's like take me here and he's to like that's Scottsdale. In, that's in Scottsdale that's super far and she's like here's some money <laughs> which apparently she had money yeah well yeah she said that she brought money with her Earlier when she was packing up th- things in her room, like, she took, like, a oh. thing of cash. And then I think she talked about, like, taking it out of her suitcase and, like, putting it with her, I guess, personally, just in case that she needed it. Mm. Just minor details that we, you know. We overlook. But I liked how she said, I imagined that I stayed at the airport to meet Edward. I visualized how I would stand on my toes, the sooner to see his face. How quickly, how gracefully he would move through the crowds of people separating us. And then I would run to close those last few feet between us, reckless as always. And I would be in his marble arms, finally safe. <laughs> I, when, I, when I think about marble, and I, I talked about this with Amanda, I just think about like a kitchen countertop. So being caressed by a kitchen countertop doesn't feel... <laughs> Well, I feel like we've talked in previous episodes about how you're not allowed in Home Depot anymore because you just keep going in Home Depot and, like, rubbing yourself on all their marble displays. Wouldn't you be afraid of catching, like, a crumb or a questionable liquid spot? Like, <laughs> We both know what that questionable liquid spot is. Anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> she just keeps imagining, like, wishing that she could be with Edward outside laying out in the sun sparkling all day like with her like you know her boyfriend anyway but instead she's at a dark empty house she calls james she takes a number calls james and he says to meet her at the ballet studio so then she runs in the heat i mean i like it how she talks about basically i miss the sun i love the sun and then she's running to the dance studio she's like oh sun (laughs) basically you in <laughs> when you came to georgia this is why i don't live anywhere where there's humidity <laughs> i prefer altitude and i'm telling you this i went on a run 
And I felt fine. Five miles. Felt fine. Awesome. Didn't felt like I was dying. Oh, so Catherine and I ran a 5K when she was here. And Catherine was beat red Mm -hmm. after. And she was basically gagging and thought that she was going to throw up. I can't believe you offered, like, when you offered me a LaCroix, I was like, ew, why would she offer me a LaCroix before running? Because I, I, I've I'm done it LaCroix before boy. and I get, bleh. Even up here. So I'm glad I didn't drink that LaCroix because that would have been like, bleh. I don't know. I just sip at it. I can't. I have to drink regular water and I can't even drink before I, like, actually run because then I get a cramp and then I'm like, ugh. Cramp. <laughs> you ever think maybe you're just a bitch? Speaking of little bitches, Bella oh. reaches the studio. And then what, Catherine? Well, she notices that it's dark, which is a total red flag. Anyway, she still hmm, goes There are no the lights studio. on in this building. I should go inside. I shouldn't call the police. Why didn't she call the police at her mom's house? She was safe. She probably thinks if she called the police that, you know, if her mom was in danger... He would kill her or something, so I'm pretty but sure that's... she's just thinking about her mom, like, I gotta be the sacrifice. But that's what and you're it's... supposed to do if someone is held hostage. You're always supposed to call the police. Well, Bella is not thinking. She's in love, so... I mean, I'm in love, technically, and I think. She's 16. This is 16-year-old love. Do you know that we're closer to 32 than we are to 16? Okay, I don't want to think about that. Anyway, <laughs> so she Isn't keeps hearing... I'm really sad. This makes me sad. I'm just sad. But anyway, she hears her mom's voice, and it basically ends up being a VCR tape of when she was at the beach with her mom. So then she's like, oh, snap! Yeah, she was duped. James doesn't have her mom. It's fine. It's fine. It's not like it was obvious. Anyway. So Bella is actually grateful that her mom's not there. She's like, oh, well, now I don't have to worry about her. And James is definitely disappointed that Bella has made peace with her maker and that she's has made peace that she's gonna die and is disappointed that you know obtaining bella hasn't been more of a challenge he says that humans are predictable because they like to be somewhere familiar and safe he is not wrong no he is not wrong and he said that the dance studio would be or i guess phoenix not the dance studio phoenix would be the last place that she would be hiding in and yeah. that's the thing, like, that's the thing. She's like, oh, I'll just go down to Phoenix. Do you not think that... Go yeah, somewhere I mean, else. <laughs> we really did not put two and two together with this whole you, venture. She could have gone anywhere. She could have gone to the mountains. She could she have had a vacation in a resort. She, she literally could have, could have told Charlie that she's going to Phoenix and then just go hide in Nebraska. Yeah. It's not like she was at her mom's house anyway. It's not like her mom was even there, so... Yeah, exactly. And no, we have to go to Phoenix. We have to go to Phoenix. Anyway. So, yeah, basically James found out that Bella was in Phoenix from the voicemail and from Edward flying out. And then also, James explains that it was a hunch that she was going to her mom's house, and so he heard Bella's message on the answering machine. Of course she was. We just talked about this. It's like, oh my god, where else would she go? And he heard Bella's message on the answering machine, which she shouldn't have called. <clears throat> he called the number, and he wasn't really sure. But basically, he figured out that she was close by, and that's how he kind of found the VCR tape and all that stuff and created this whole plan of tricking Bella. How did Bella. he figure out that she was close? He called the number, not knowing where she was, but figured out when her react about her reactions. That's what he said on the phone. Hmm. And... Victoria confirmed Bella's location when she watched Edward leave for Phoenix. Yeah. That's how he kind of got that little trap situated. He put two and two together. And then he gets really creepy and turns on a camcorder from 2003. He's been recording the whole time. Oh, yeah. And he basically acts like a creepy serial killer. And I'm just visualizing what they do in the movie where he's, like, smelling her. He's like... You've also been listening to too much true crime. <laughs> I have been. I have been listening to a lot of true crime lately, and it's not healthy. So he basically is uh, taping this for Edward to send to him after, because I guess he, he really wants to fight Edward. And what I really hate, and they didn't mention in this in the movie, but they mentioned in the book, he talks about how this time, like, his he, this prey, Bella, won't escape because the last time his prey escaped, the vampire, like, took his prey and freed her to be safe 
and we find out that it's basically Alice because it is Alice, yeah, yeah, because and she never noticed the pain because of her being bitten or anything, which she did get bitten because she was in an asylum in the 1920s. She was dealing with shock treatments uh, due to visions, which my prediction was not true. Apparently, she must have been some kind of psychic in as a human. They mentioned something like that. And then I guess when she got turned to a vampire, those senses affected her a lot more than when mm-hmm. she was an actual human. Or maybe she had a mental illness and was having hallucinations. And then when she was a vampire, it kind of self-corrected and became a superpower. Yeah. And so she ends up being a vampire and James has no interest in eating her anymore. <laughs> and James also killed the vampire that made her for revenge. Which is why she never met her maker. Yeah, and he also mentions that Alice's scent was, like, the most delicious scent I guess he's ever smelled. And he's so attracted to Bella because she's second. (laughs) He's like, you're not first, you're last. He's like, I'm not saying you're all that, but you're a close second. You're a close second. You're not first. But you know what they say, if you ain't first, you last. Uh, Bella tries to run away, but James throws her into a mirror and then steps on her and breaks her leg. Because running away is super sensible right now, Bella. He also smashes something on her head that causes her head to bleed, and then James goes into blood loss, and then we end the chapter with Bella losing consciousness. For the 35th time in this book, she keeps passing out. Bella, get your shit together. Also, I just don't know how she's she could think, oh yeah, if I just run away... You're going against a superhuman creature, like... Well, she says that in the book. She's like, I know I don't have a chance, but my instinct is driving me to run. Let's run. I get that. I get it. I get it. I mean, you don't want to, like, sit there helpless. And we don't know what's gonna happen next. But if you do, just don't spoil it for us, because, um, just, you know... In theory, we don't either. We don't know. (laughs) Make sure that you join us next week, because we have a special surprise for you. Oh, yeah. Because the mega episode. We have a special surprise. You don't want to miss it, you guys. We'll be discussing the end of Twilight. And... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the end of the Twilight. Time. Chapters 23, 24, and, and the epilogue. Ooh, spicy. Yeah. Spicy. So you don't want to miss out. Tune in yeah. next week. Fill and pipe. We're here. Fill and pipe. With yeah. Britain Cat. Aw, Britain Cat. So cute. So cute. Alright. And bye. Until next time.